Welcome to our Kirtliston Parish Church Holy Week Reflection, the 29th of March 2021. A warm welcome to all who are joining us as we move through this week, remembering the days leading up to Christ's arrest, trial, crucifixion, and then his glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday. These are days of sombre reflection as we remember all that he suffered for each one of us so that we might be redeemed from our sinful state and brought back into relationship with God. In this reflection, we will look at his anointing in Bethany by Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. This event takes place at Bethany and is recorded not only in John's Gospel, but also in Matthew chapter 26 and Mark 14. There is also a similar event recorded in Luke's Gospel, but it's concerning an unknown woman. In Matthew and Mark's account, the anointing is said to have taken place at the home of Simon the leper. But here he's not named in John's account, where the dinner is given probably in celebration of the resurrection of Lazarus, which we could read about in the previous chapter. The host may be anonymous, but no one else is. All the familiar faces from chapter 11 are present. Martha helping to serve, Lazarus reclining at the table, and Mary in her usual place at Jesus' feet. The only new figure is Judas Iscariot, although other disciples would also have been there. By this time, the authorities have already sent out a warrant for Jesus' arrest. We can read that in John chapter 11, the very last verse, 57, where it says, The Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so that they might arrest him. Not only that, but they also planned to kill Lazarus because after the miracle of him being raised from the dead, we read in John 12, 11, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Now, in those days, it was the custom for the host to anoint the head of an invited guest with some perfumed oil on the hair and face. But Mary's act went way beyond the usual custom. The account of this in Mark and Matthew says she poured it on Jesus' head and there was certainly enough of the oil to pour all over Jesus. So perhaps John mentions the feet because of what she then did with her hair. Not only that, she used a rare and extremely expensive perfume called Spikenard, which is only grown in the Himalayan mountains and is purchased from merchants who have sailed all the way from India. King Solomon wrote about it, and rich Roman women loved it. You see, Mary values Jesus, and so she gives him the very best that she has to offer, an aromatic perfume which would cost a year's wages for an ordinary working person. Mary, sitting at his feet, values her time with Jesus. She goes even further in the act of anointing by unbinding her hair to wipe the excess oil from his feet. Now, this was a real act of humility because Jewish women are not supposed to unbind their hair at all. A woman's hair to them was her crowning glory. So we could say that Mary was laying her glory at the feet of her king. Also, only servants wiped the feet of others. And this is a precursor to what Jesus would do for his disciples at the Last Supper. Just as the actual anointing foreshadows Jesus' coming death and burial, so her wiping his feet foreshadows his doing that with his disciples. 
Mary may have sensed that Jesus' time with them would be short because of the order already going out to arrest him. What she did actually was so unusual that it caught everyone's attention. Judas spoke out maybe what some of the others might be thinking. What a waste! But you see, his attention and focus was on the worth of the perfume, not on the worth of Jesus. This is an act of worship by Mary. The word worship comes from the original word worth-ship, and Mary's extravagant gesture shows just how much Jesus is worth to her. But we know that Jesus' worth to the traitorous Judas would be 30 pieces of silver. It was also an act of thanksgiving. After all, Jesus had recently raised her beloved brother from the dead. Lazarus was restored to his grieving sisters. And Mary is expressing her love and thanksgiving for this miraculous act. Her act of anointing can also be seen as an act of faith in his word. Surely Jesus would be able to resurrect himself after he died, since he was able to resurrect Lazarus. The Jews believed, and still do, that the body will one day resurrect from the grave, and so it was anointed for burial with oil and costly embalming spices. Thus, in Mary's loving act, what we have is an act of worship, of thanksgiving, and of faith. Mary anoints the feet of the one who will wash his disciples' feet. She pours herself out in love to the one who will pour himself out in love to the world. His love will cost everything he has. He holds nothing back. What about us? What do we hold back? Do we hold back our time, our money, our love, devotion or worship? Mary values her time with Jesus above everything else. She values him for who he is and for what he has done for her. Value is hard to measure, but if we think of the things that we value, our family, home, job, possessions, where does Jesus rank in that list? How much do we value our time with him, knowing all that he's done for us? Do we value our salvation and our relationship with him above everything else? These are questions that we need to ask ourselves at this time of Holy Week, and maybe even more often. What are our priorities? The perfume was rare and expensive, but the extravagant love of God in giving his son to die on the cross for each one of us is absolutely priceless. We cannot buy it, and we should never, ever take it for granted. We can and should give Jesus our best, all that we are and have, heart, mind and soul, and our lives to love, worship and follow him in the power of his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us never to forget the sacrifice of your life for us and your amazing gift of grace and forgiveness and new life in you. Amen.